Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for September 26, 2022. I'm teaching a series right now entitled Pursuing Grace-Based Success. Most of us want to be a success. Most of us want to be successful. I, I like to declare that I am success going somewhere to succeed. Uh, but we want to look at success from God's perspective. We want to look at everything. We want to define ourselves by the one that, that created us. The world cannot define us because the world did not design us. And so we have to go to the, our designer and allow ourselves to be defined by the way that he looks at success. And for him, success is measured in purpose. For him, success is all about finding, following, and finishing your divine assignment before you die. For him, success is all about discovering, developing, and deploying into your divine assignment and arriving at God's overall expected end for your life and putting in the work along the way. Today, I'm going to talk about work. I know work is a four-letter word for, for some people, but listen, we have to put in the work in order to become the men or the women, the women that God has called us to be. Put this in the chat and let's just talk about it right up front. Say this out loud and put it in the chat. I am determined to put in the work. I will put in the work required to do what God has called me to do. I'm not lazy. I, I am going to put in the work. I am determined to put in the work to become the man or the woman that God has called me to be. So the title of today's message is you have to put in the work for your assignment. You have to put in the work for your divine assignment. You have a tailor-made, unique divine assignment, and you have to put in the work for your assignment. I have to put in the work for my assignment. I have the, you can say this out loud if you want. I have the grace to run my race at my pace. So I'm not comparing myself to anybody else. I have a unique and tailor-made divine assignment. I only have the grace uh, to run my race at my pace. Uh, so as I'm doing this, I want you to open up, say this, say that. I have the grace to run my race at my pace. And so let's get ready to receive the word this morning. I want you to open up your heart to receive what God is about to release. All right, so I see that everybody's putting it in the, in the chat. You're determined to do the work. You're declaring out loud that you have the grace to run your race at your pace. Now let's let's get some Bible on it. Y'all ready? So this is, uh, we've been looking at some foundational scriptures. Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 10, the Bible says, I mean that you were saved by grace. You were saved by grace. You, were, you weren't saved by you. You were saved by God, and it is the grace of God. Grace is a gift. You were saved by grace simply when you believed. All you did was believe and receive a, a, the gift of eternal life. You can't work for a gift. All you can do with a gift is receive it. You did not save yourself. Eternal life is a gift from God. You are not saved by the things that you have done. <laughs> so you have nothing to boast about. But then verse 10 says, God has made us what we are. Now in Christ Jesus, God made us new people so that we would spend the remainder of our days doing the good works that God had before ordained for us to do. That's the key. That there are some good works, although I'm not saved by work, I'm saved for work. There are some good works that I am supposed to do. Say this, say, there are good works that I am destined to perform. So there are some good works that I am destined to perform. You can put that in the chat. And because there are good works that I'm destined, that God destined beforehand for me to do, then I'm going to get to work doing the good works that God called me to do. First Corinthians chapter one, verses 30 and 31, the Bible says, God has united you with Christ Jesus. 
Now, for our benefit, now think about this. God, this is you, this is Christ. God has united you with Christ Jesus. For our benefit, God made him, Christ Jesus, to become wisdom itself. So God connected me to Christ Jesus and God made him, Jesus, to become wisdom itself. So God connected me to wisdom. So I get wisdom from above. Say, I get wisdom from above. So now I'm connected to Christ. I get wisdom from above. Not only that, Christ made me right with God. Say, I'm right with God. Okay, I'm the righteousness of God by faith. Not only that, but he, Christ, made me pure and holy and freed me from sin. So God connected me to Jesus, made him wisdom for me. He made me right with him and that he made me pure and holy and freed me from sin. Say, I am pure, I am holy, I'm free from sin. All of that because of Christ Jesus. So the scriptures say, if you have anything to boast about, you got to boast in him. You don't, you didn't do anything. All you did was accept Jesus. Second Timothy 1 and 9 says, God saved us and called us with the holy calling, not according to our own works, but according to his own purpose and grace. Here's the purpose. Here's the grace for the purpose. God gave me an assignment and the grace for the assignment, which he gave me in Christ Jesus. When? Before the beginning of time. So he did all of that by grace before I could earn it or deserve it or do anything for it. God gave it to me. He gave me the purpose and the grace for the purpose. So for the past week or so, we were looking at Joshua 1 and 8. And I hope that helps you get a better understanding of how God looks at success, right? So we were looking at success through God's eyes. And the Bible is full of examples like Joshua. In addition to Joshua, who became a success, the Bible is full of people who became a success. They found, they followed, they finished their purpose, and they did it by the grace of God. Now, some of them, this is why you got to define yourself the way that God defines us, by purpose, not by the world standards. Some of them were rich. God made a lot of people rich in the Bible. Oh, by the way, just, I don't know what Bible you're reading, but God made people rich. God still still makes people rich. And I know people don't like to use that word rich, but it's a Bible word. I like to use the words that the Bible uses. God made people rich and God still makes people rich. Now, some of the people that were successful were rich and some were not. So, so it's not measured in money. Some of them lived long lives. Some didn't. So it's not measured in how long you live, right? Uh, some of them preached peace while others led people in war. And so, so there's all kind. So my point is this: there's no, there's no like cookie cutter. There's no way like what well, your success if you have this. Your success if you have that. No, your success if you find your divine purpose and you accomplish it before you die. That's it. So whatever that is, whatever it looks like, you have to do whatever God has called you to do. And so it, it, you can't compare yourself to other people. You may never have the money that Solomon had. You may never have the strength that Samson had. You may never have to overcome the challenges that Paul had. At the end of the day, God has given every believer a unique divine assignment, and you have to run your race with your grace at your pace, whatever your assignment is. Each of us takes a path that is as unique as we are. Each of us takes a path that is as unique as we are. And so I have to understand that my path is unique because I'm unique. And so I'm not going to compare myself to other people. I'm not going to spend times, the Bible says, don't compare yourselves with yourselves. No. So I'm just going to compare myself to my divine assignment. I'm going to accomplish what God sent me to this, to this planet to accomplish, and I'm going to get it done before I die. And for me to, to get that done today, I'm going to talk about hard work, say hard work. So what does this mean for you today? I know people don't, don't like to talk about work. That's a four-letter word. I told you God gave me a whole lot today. I have four things to share with you in this morning. As I get into these four things, I want you to open up your heart and get ready to receive it. You ready? Four things. Number one, here we go. 
Grace does not exonerate you from the requirement to work hard and to be prepared. Grace does not exonerate you from the requirement to work hard and to be prepared. You say this, say, I will work hard and I will be prepared. As a believer, you have to work hard and you have to be prepared. Paul was called by grace, but initially he was not prepared. So it wasn't until he spent three years in isolation in Tarsus in preparation for his divine assignment that God was able to use him for his purpose. While grace is free, your preparation is not. Let me say that again for the people in the back. While grace is free, your preparation is not. You may be called, but you have, you have to put in the work to get prepared. Don't make the mistake of thinking that God called you and because God called you, then, ooh, I'm ready. No, God called you, but now you have to go get ready. God has to prepare you for what he prepared you for. Like, like God is preparing you for what he prepared for you. And so you have to go get ready. Maybe you're called to be a business owner, but that doesn't mean you're not going to have to do any work. It may mean that you have to work harder than you've ever worked in your life. Or maybe God called you to lead people, but that doesn't mean that, that you don't have to develop yourself as a leader. Or maybe God called you to preach like me, but that doesn't mean you don't have to study. You'd have to get the word of God down in your heart if you want to be a preacher. I'm telling you, so there, yeah, there's no calling. Yeah, there's a calling, but then there's a preparation phase. The, don't, don't mistake to, uh, uh, or think that just because I'm called, I can forego the preparation. No, it, if you're going to maximize your divine calling, it will require preparation and hard work. Now, when I first, uh, or when God first uh, led Saul of Tarsus to him, right? So when Saul of Tarsus was born again on the road to Damascus, and God revealed to Saul of Tarsus, who later became the apostle Paul, that he was going to preach the gospel. What Paul did was immediately, he was like, okay, I'm ready to do it. Then. If you call me to do it, I'm ready to do it. Let's go. And no, all Paul did by doing that, because he, he there was a calling, but there was a preparation that he, he wanted to forego. And, and as a result, all he did was cause problems and trouble for him and for everyone around him. And he was almost killed twice. They had to let him down the wall in a basket. He was almost killed twice because he was trying to forego the preparation. He was called, but he wasn't ready. Listen, you have to be, yes, knowing that you're called is one thing to do something but then you still have to get ready. Say, I'm going to get ready. While you can't earn your purpose because God gives you your purpose by grace, don't think that you will ever maximize your purpose and potential without any work on your part. Paul accomplished more than any of the other apostles. He did. Paul accomplished more than any of the other apostles. Uh, 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 he, was, he went on four missionary journeys. Uh, he did all of this stuff, but he did it by the grace of God. He acknowledged, I worked harder than everyone else, but then again, it wasn't me. It was the grace of God with me. So if you look at the people that God used mightily in the Bible, you will find that none of them were lazy. I remember somebody said to me, I was teaching in this vein, and someone said to me, well, Rick, hey, you don't say that because God can use anybody. God used a donkey. And I said, yeah, God used a donkey, but he only used them once. <laughs> That's why I asked the guy, do you want to be a donkey? Like, I mean, like, yeah, don't, don't come to me with that. God can use anybody at any time. But if you want to be used of God consistently, then you need to be prepared. If you want to be used of God on a regular basis, then it's going to require hard work and preparation. And you have to put in your, your work to, in order to become the, the, the person that God can use for his glory. Number two, God does not reward laziness. Let me, let me give you some, some scripture on this. In Proverbs chapter 10, the, Solomon said a lot about this, by the way. Solomon was against laziness. 
In, in, in Proverbs chapter 10, Solomon said this in verse four, he becomes poor who works with a lazy hand, but the hand of the diligent brings wealth. He becomes poor who works with a slack hand or a lazy hand, but the hand of the diligent will bring wealth. Say this, say my hands are diligent, therefore they will bring me wealth. Why? Because you're not, you're not lazy. The people who are lazy, they're going to be poor. This is what the Bible is teaching, right? In chapter 12, and, and, and don't, don't, don't come to me, oh, Rick, you shouldn't say that. There are some people, listen, I know, obviously, Isabella and I go on mission trips. We minister uh, to, to, to people who are less fortunate. I'm not, I'm just teaching you what the Bible says, right? I'm just saying, like, you don't want to fit into this category. You don't want to be lazy. In chapter 12, uh, uh, Solomon said, work hard and you will be a leader. Be lazy and you're going to wind up as a servant, right? I mean, that's pretty straightforward. And verse 27 says, if you're lazy, you will never get what you are after. But if you put in the work, you're going to get a fortune. It's that simple. If you're lazy, you're never going to get it. If you put in the work, then you're going to get it. It's not that hard. In chapter 13, verse four, he said, people who refuse to work, they want stuff, but they get nothing. These are people that they say, oh, I want this. Oh, I want that. I remember, I, I know this person, I'm not going to mention no names. I always say, ooh, I want this Mazda this, this Nissan that. This joker ain't working. I mean, like we try to help this person and that person refused to put in the work. People who refuse to work, they want things, they get nothing. But the longings of the people who work hard are completely satisfied. Come on now, that God satisfies me. Why? Because I'm, I'm willing to put in the work. God satisfies my heart. Why? Because I'm going to put in the work required to get what God has called us to go get. In chapter 21, beginning at, oh, in verse 25, Solomon says, the craving of the sluggard would be death to him because his hands refuse to work. He's saying that there, there are some people who are lazy and is, is killing them their cravings are killing them. It's killing them that they want stuff and they never get it because they never get it because they're too lazy to work. It says the cravings of the sluggard are death. Like it's literally killing them. They're watching stuff. They're looking on Instagram. They slip, oh man, I want that. It's killing them that they want it and they're never going to get it because the joke is too lazy to work. You have to put in the work. In the, in the New Testament, the apostle Paul said, if a man will not work, he shall not eat. End of story. If you don't work, you don't eat. And so Jesus said, my father is always working. So I'm always working. God is always working. So we have to work. Say, I will put in the work. Now I'm talking about stuff. Oh, well, Rick, you're being harsh. I'm teaching the Bible, y'all. I'm, I'm teaching you what the Bible says. You're going to have to put in the work. Jesus said, my father's always working. Therefore, I'm always working. So I'm all, don't come to me. Now you have to put in the work. People see your glory, but they don't know your story. They don't know how many hours you put in. They don't know what you put in to get to where you are. And so you got to put in the work. I've given many scriptures to you this morning from that point, And believe me, there are many, many more. But here's the point. The Lord expects you to bind your feet to the path that he established for you from the foundations of the world. And if you want to get to the end of that path, is going to require work. W-O-R-K, a four-letter word. It's going to require work. You cannot maximize your purpose and potential if you're lazy. And the church said, amen. Number three, you have to go through whatever you have to go through in order to become the man or woman God called you to be. So not only do you have to be willing to put in the work, but you also have to be willing to have the grit and the determination to never give up and never cave in and never quit because God never said it was going to be easy. So the apostle Paul said this, this is what the apostle Paul said. 
about um, all the challenges he went through. So the Apostle Paul, yes. Did he write half the New Testament? Yes. Did he do all these things? Yes. But look, look at his testimony. This is what people don't like to acknowledge. He says in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, I'm going to read for you verses 23 to 27 from the easy to read version. Are they serving Christ? I'm serving Christ more. Now, I'm crazy to talk like this, he says, but I have worked harder, much harder than they have. I have been in prison more often. I have been hurt more from beatings. I have been near death many times. Remember the movie, The Passion of the Christ? How painful it was to see Jesus get 39 lashes with a cat of nine tails? It was hard to watch. He says, five times I got 39 lashes with the whip. Five times they did that to me. Three different times I was beaten with rods. One time I was almost killed with rocks. Three times I was in ships that went and had shipwrecks. And one of those times I spent an open, uh, I spent a night and a day in the open sea, like, like, like a movie, uh, our ship went down and I was holding on to a piece of wood and I was there all night and all day. See, this is the stuff that, that people don't see. They just see, I wrote half the new Testament. They like, Ooh, I want to be like the apostle Paul. No, read my testimony. It read my testimony. He said, in my constant traveling, I have been in danger from rivers, from thieves, from my own people. Man, from people who are not even Jews. I've been in danger in cities and in places where nobody lives and on the sea. And I've been in danger from people who pretend to be believers and people who are not. I've done hard work and, and tiring work. And many times I, I wasn't even able to go to sleep. I know what it's like to be hungry. I know what it's like to be thirsty. I know what it's like to be without food. I have been cold and I have been without clothes. So don't come to me with that. So now, yes, did the apostle Paul, didn't he go down uh, uh, as the person in the news, uh, the first century church that made the greatest impact outside of Jesus? Yes. Is, is, is the apostle Paul still making impact today, 2000 years later? Yes. Did he write half the New Testament? Yes. And are we preaching his, his epistles? Yes. But look at all the stuff he went through. He had to go through what he had to go through in order to become the man that God called him to be. He became a pastor of pastors. He started churches and then left people there. And so he was pastoring pastors. He started all these churches. He went on four missionary journeys. He impacted Asia Minor and he's still impacting lives today. But the apostle Paul was willing to put in the work. You have to put in the work. This series is about success. You cannot have success without putting in the work. God has given you the grace to do what he called you to do. But if you don't have the mindset, listen, you have the grace, but the grace is going to be in vain. If you don't have the mindset, you have the grace, but you've got to have the mindset that I am going to put in the work. If I, if I put in the work, then by the grace of God, I will maximize my purpose and potential. James 5, verses 10 and 11 from the Message Bible, this is what the Bible says. Take the prophets of old as your mentors. Think about, let's think about the prophets of old for a moment. Let's think about all the things that they went through. Let's think about an Isaiah. Let's think about a Jeremiah. Let's think about these people, right? The Bible says they put up with anything. They went through everything and they never once quit all the time honoring God. What a gift life is to those who stay the course. Put this in the chat. Life is a gift to those who stay the course. Life is a gift to those who stay the course. You will never quit all the time honoring God. And then James says, you heard, of course, 
of Job's staying power. Everybody likes to talk about Job. The preacher would tune up at the end and be like, Job, he got double for his trouble. Look at your neighbor say double. High five, somebody say double, 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 double. He got double for his trouble and all of that. But no, James says, if you want to look at Job, you got to look at his staying power. He never once quit. He never gave up on God. Even though he went through what he went through, he, yes, did he get double for his trouble at the end? But he had to go through some stuff that most of us would not want to go through. And so God brought it all together for him at the end, but Job had staying power. Say, I have staying power. You're going to have to put in the work. You're going to have to keep, stay the course. If you want to be successful, you're going to have to set your mind on God's course for your life and never allow anything to sway you from it, neither to the left nor to the right. And so James says, life is a gift to those who stay the course. Now, this doesn't mean that you're not going to find challenges on that course. The, that course, the path to your destiny is going to be full of challenges, but you must have the resolve and the resiliency. Say that. Say, I have the resolve and the resiliency to stay the course. I have the resolve and I have the resiliency to stay the course. I have staying power. It's not that successful people don't face anything. It's just that successful people are determined to go through whatever they got to go through. I'll go up around it. I'll go above it. I'll go under it. Or I'll go through it. If God, I don't care what, but I'm not going to quit. There's no quit in me that I will never give up. I will never cave in. I will never quit. I will put in the work. Say amen to that. Number four, last one for today. I told you God gave me so much. I was trying to give you less, but God gave me more. All right, number four, you have specific work to do and God will favor the work of your hands, but you have to put in the work. In Ephesians 2 and 10, we've been looking at Ephesians 2 and 10 every day. Let me read this to you from the New International Version. It says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Say, I was created to do good works, right? Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I, I was created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And so I have to put in the work. So let me talk about me for a minute. I, I'll mention Isabella as well. I grew up in a family where hard work is part of our DNA. Men are taught, at least when I was a kid, we were taught to work hard outside of the home and women were taught to work hard at home and to support the family. Uh, to make a home that was peaceful and practical. And I've been working paid jobs since I was 13. Isabella started working at seven where she would go out into the banana fields and get bananas so that she could get a dollar to bring it home so that her and her grandmother and the other people in the home could have something to eat, like meat. So while, while, while this is not optimal, I get it. Like me working at 13 and I didn't get to go on like summer camps and have fun during the summer. No, I was working. Uh, uh, that's not optimal. Isabella's been working since she was a little girl. That's not, op I'm not saying like we should do this to kids, but I'm just telling you what happened to Isabella and I. And, and, and in our case, it created a work ethic in us and I appreciate it. So let me talk about me. My mother could only afford, uh, to buy me one pair of shoes every year. Um, and so I understood that I, I didn't complain about it. Um, so I took care of my shoes. And so because, of, and to this day, by the way, I still clean my sneakers. I, I can't stand to put on some dirty sneakers. My sneakers got to be clean. The laces got to be clean, everything, right? I mean, I took care of my stuff because I knew that my mom couldn't afford it. So, you know, it was what it was. So, so I had to make sure my stuff was clean and I was looking good. When I was 11 years old, I got placed into a school for the gifted and talented. 
and I had to take two New York City public school buses to go to school. Not yellow buses, I mean like public buses. And um, I'm 11 years old, and uh, on that first Thursday of the school year, it was in September, um, that first Thursday of the school year, some people got on the bus, they jumped in through the back of the bus, they didn't even pay, and they came over to me, and they put a 357 Magnum to my head. I was 11 years old. I was 11 years old, and I had a 357 Magnum placed to the temple of my head on a New York City public bus, and they robbed me for my blue and white suede Adidas. So I had blue and white suede Adidas. I got robbed. Not only was that traumatic, of course, because I'm 11 years old and I had a gun put to my head, um, but then it also was traumatic because I had another bus to take, and, and, and people saw me with socks on. And so I had to go. I went into this Mama's Fried Chicken on Pickin' Avenue, and I put um, my back, my 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 uh, backpack where my socks were, so nobody would see me. And then when I got on the second bus, I was like, Lord, I hope nobody sees me. And I and I got on the bus, but on the bus on the way, I guess I stepped on somebody's shoes, and that was a big problem back then. And this dude was like, Yo, Shorty, you stepped on my shoes. And when he looked down, he saw I had socks on. He was like, Oh, Shorty got robbed. And the whole bus started laughing at me. I was 11 years old. And I tried not to cry, so I was like fighting tears. But when I got home, I just lost it. I cried uncontrollably. And 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 one of the, the major reasons why I cried, what I kept remembering was, and I got home, I was a latchkey kid. So I got home, I had to wait for my mom to get home from work. And when my mom got home, I cried before she got home. Then when she got home, I cried again when I told her what happened. But in my mind, what I, what kept playing in my mind was, man, my mom paid $23 for those sneakers. And I know she doesn't have the money to buy me another pair. So when the next day she took me out of that school, uh, but I had to go to school in like these church shoes. My only other shoes were these gray snakeskin looking church shoes. And so I had on jeans with these church shoes. You look all weird. Anyway, she took me to that school. She took me out. Some way, somehow my mom found another $23 and she bought me another pair of sneakers. And so to this day, I take care of my mother. My mother, I, you know, anyway, different story. Here's my point though. I, I decided, you know, right there, I was 11. And I was like, man, as soon as I can work, I'm going to work so that my mother doesn't have to pay for my, my clothes or my sneakers. I'm going to make sure that my mother doesn't have this burden. I started working when I was 13, uh, uh, but I really started working in earnest when I was 14. When I was 14, um, I, I worked in my uncle's bodega. And for the summer, I worked 12 hours a day, six days a week, 72 hours a week for $150 a week. And um, and by the time I joined the Army, when I was 17, that's it. By the time I joined the Army, when I was 17, I had I had work. I had worked for years, and I knew how to work, like 72-hour week, work weeks and all of that. So when I joined the Army and I was a private, uh, and as a private, they don't expect you to do much. And, and, and there were people that were complaining. Like 18-year-old kids complain, oh, this is too much. And I'm like, dude, you must have never been through nothing because this is nothing. And so because of my work ethic, I was able to get promoted really fast. I went from E1 to E6 in less than five years. I was a 22-year-old staff sergeant. And even though I wasn't even born again, God was blessing the work of my hands. Why? Because I put in the work. Here's my point. The Lord cannot bless the work of your hands if you don't put in the work. If you want, to, if you want God to bless the work of your hands, you got to get to work. You got to stop talking about your dreams and you got to go pursue it. You have to put in the work required to become the man or the woman that God has called you to be. I'll talk more about this later because I've already given you enough for today. But here's my point. My point is you're going to have to work.
Work is a four-letter word. But if you want to be successful in God's eyes, the grace of God, God has given you all of this grace. That grace towards you cannot be in vain. Listen, I'm determined to make sure that, that the grace that God has given me is not going to be wasted. I don't want there to be a misappropriation of God's grace. I don't want any, I don't want to get to heaven only to realize that God gave me the grace to do all these things. And I only did this much because I was too lazy to put in the work. People say, man, how is it that you guys do so many things? Well, all I know is I only get one life and God has given me the grace and whatever God has given me the grace to do, that's what I want to do. And I hope that you have the same mindset. Grace is one thing, but you got to have the mindset to put in the work. Let's close this message out. With, with a declaration of faith. Say this out loud before I close out. Say, I will put in the work. Say that by faith. I will put in the work. You got to put in the work required to become the man or the woman that God has called you to be. All right, speak this over your life. Say, Father, I thank you for teaching me about grace-based success. I want to maximize my purpose and potential while I'm in the land of the living. I want to arrive at your overall destination for my life. I want to die empty. I want to leave a mark in this world that will not easily be erased. I want to become the person I was born to be. So I'm ready to put in the work. You don't bless laziness. I am your child and I represent you every day. So I declare that I represent you well. I enter each day determined to do my best by your grace with an expectation that you will bless the work of my hands. I declare what you already decreed in Psalms 1. Everything I do prospers. I am faithful to work and you are faithful to bless the work of my hands. My work is always in demand. Because my work brings glory to your name. Living this way, I know, greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Tomorrow there's going to be another one. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages and you want my notes, you get the notes for free. Go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button, put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Sign up your friends. Your friends say, hey, how do I get the notes? Go to today's word and just put in their email address so they can get the notes. Listen, I love you. God loves you more. Do me a favor, two things. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you, and then share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. Have an amazing day. Put in the work and God will bless the work of your hands. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to learn more about our ministry or you would like to partner with our ministry, please visit ripministries.org. You will learn there what we're doing in the Caribbean, providing a Christ-based education to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic. We also provide them a hot meal every day. If you would like to partner with us, click on the donate button. All the donations are tax deductible in the United States. If you don't have my book, Level Up Your Life, go to rickpina.co and get the book today. From rickpina.co, you'll also see that I have journals and I also have some other products and apparel and etc. all centered around the grace life. And then lastly, if you enjoy this content, but you want direct access to Isabella and I, the Lord impressed it upon my heart 
for Isabella and I to start mentoring people, giving people access to us to be able to ask us questions. We're answering questions about ministry, about missions, nonprofit, for-profit. I'm addressing things as far as how I preach, our approach to preaching. We're putting out private content just for a specific group in the Patreon. So please visit patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina if you're interested in this material. Have an amazing day.